Welcome everybody to the final episode of Bounce Off for this, the summer season 6 of Slam Ball. That's right, Bounce Off, the number one Slam Ball podcast, our final episode of summer season 6 as we wrap up the finals last night. And if you're looking at the title for this episode, you're going to see that we finished with a mob victory. 18-0, the perfect season. We'll talk about last night's matchups. This will be the fastest episode we've done all season because I'm bad at time management. But I'm going to talk about the games. We're going to talk about both semi-finals in order and then the main event finals matchup. The notes I took weren't as extensive as previous games. And the reason for that is because I was just watching it as a fan with some notes being taken at the side, tweeting, live tweeting what I was seeing, having a lot of fun with it. This sport has been so great to cover. Um, whether you think I've done a good job or not, um, I've tried my best to be the number one analyst in the sport of slam ball um, in a space where no one else was trying to do that at the stage that I was doing it. I've watched so much film of previous seasons. I've poured over data from the current season. I've looked at strengths and weaknesses and I've tried to understand the game better than, like I said early on and like I will continue to say, better than anyone else that has either never been involved in the sport or isn't currently involved in the sport. And I think in a lot of ways I've achieved that but the only reason I'm here talking about it is because of great people that have helped me along the way. That's the same for life anywhere but for this in particular I, I put out a thank you on Twitter, it'll be going up on my Instagram as soon as I get an opportunity today, but I wanted to say it here and now as well. I want to say a big thank you to a number of people. First of all, Coach Hernando Planels of the Buzzsaw, who we didn't always see eye to eye all season, but you challenged my ideas and you made me better as an analyst and someone looking at the game, made me have to back up what I was saying. And by giving me my first interview, without me even reaching out to you, you were able to give me um, a level of... I've said it literally over and over and over again and now I can't even remember the word and and that's a a real piece of shame on my part. Um, You know, but Coach Bunnell's in giving me my first interview gave me a certain level of credibility. There you go. Did you realise I just went and checked Twitter to realise what I said because my brain's a mess after all the action last night. He gave me a certain level of credibility that I'm always going to be grateful for. Gave me the confidence to realise, no, this is something I can do. I can interview other people. I've, I've done interviews before. My background is in journalism um, to an extent. But sometimes you need a reminder that you're good at something and that there's a space for you in, in the space you're trying to make. And I wouldn't have realised that to my fullest extent here with Slam Ball if I hadn't been for Coach Planell. So thank you for giving me that confidence to interview other people and to continue on with this project of Bounce Off. Thank you to Tony Fudio of Odds Jam, who we interviewed earlier in the season. A lot of you don't know this, Slam Ball is not internationally distributed. There was a there was a point in time where I wouldn't have been able to watch any Slam Ball games this season because they do not have an international distribution deal here. Now, I don't want to go into the specifics because that's just bad form. But I wouldn't have been able to watch any live slam ball games at one point in the season if it wasn't for Tony Fudo of Odds Jam. So thank you, Tony, for seeing me again as someone with legitimacy in this sport and wanting to support me going forward with this project. Could Literally could not have done it without Tony Fudo. So if you're ever looking for odds advice, go to Odds Jam, go to him, go to the advice that he's got. And if you just want to talk slam ball, go to him as well because he, he loves the sport as much as I do. On that, thank you to Coach Bayer and Craig Skistimus who saw value in what I was bringing with Bounce Off and approached me about doing This Week in Slam Ball. I've been really lucky that I've got two great minds who 
um, are calm, cool and collected and want to talk about this amazing sport while also having experience in it. That's such a benefit to me for learning, but for our audience here on Bounce Off, to be able to understand the sport a little bit more rather than just hearing me talk about it, you get to see what I know compared to other people and you get to see the knowledge base of guys who've actually been involved in this thing. Thank you to the Slamball PR team, without which I wouldn't be able to get all the information I have done this season. They've been a massive help. And a a credit to what they're doing in terms of having information that I can ask them about. And thank you to them for just being forthcoming, understanding what I'm trying to do here, and knowing that it's in the best interest of the league to have someone like me that that can talk about these things publicly. And of course, with that comes thanks to every coach and every player, both that I interviewed but also that just takes part in this sport, literally putting their bodies on the line in order to make this thing happen, um, going the, the extra mile of, of getting involved in this sport and, and putting themselves out there to be critiqued by people like me, but by anyone, and to just be involved in this brand new thing. Thank you to them for taking that leap of faith with Slamball, or else we wouldn't be able to talk about it now. Like I said, thank you to everyone who let me interview them, who again gave me further credibility by lending me their voice and their knowledge and and their information about the league, whether it be Connor Hollenbeck, Cam Horton, Keenan Love, Brendan Kirsch, Darian Slade, Jayton Williams, Ty McGee. All of these were really important milestones in developing what we have here at Bounce Off. And I I wouldn't be able to do this stuff again without their support and without them understanding what I'm trying to do here. So thank you to everyone involved there. And lastly, and biggest of all, from my perspective, obviously, thank you to those who have tuned into any episodes of this show. If you're new here and this is the first episode you've listened to, this is six minutes of me thanking a bunch of people you don't necessarily care about. I appreciate you for listening through. If you've listened since episode one, thank you for that as well. Being able to say that I'm the best at this thing doesn't happen unless I have some level of viewership. These things can only go up. I've been involved in other projects in the past that haven't had this level of consistency, haven't had this level of growth, haven't had this level of engagement on social media, and I'm really pleased that that's what we've been able to do with Bounce Off, and hopefully we'll continue to do as we come to next summer, summer season seven, and you know whatever else the league may throw at us. But before I can talk about all those things, again, massive thank you to everyone I mentioned there, and, and if I've not mentioned you and you feel like you deserve a pat on the back, please please pat yourself on the back for it because I am not here without you. So thank you very much. When it comes to last night's matchups, like I say, this will be a whirlwind through the three games because I was taking notes as a fan. I still took a bunch of notes. Uh, still took a lot of notes. Um, might have found a different way to take notes for next season. But I was, I was more trying to watch as a fan than I was as an analyst last night because this is what we were waiting for all season this is the playoff semis and finals the the semi-final matchups are probably the two best games of slam ball we had all season right that's not to disparage teams that have already been knocked out that's not anything against teams that went out in the quarterfinals but this was the four highest level teams right going against each other with everything on the line Coach Bear said on this week in Slam Ball that semi-finals are harder to win than finals. That was proven last night with how tough these two games were. The main event matchup, the, the finals, not as entertaining from a uh, like nerd standpoint than the first two, but a valuable reminder of why we've got the mob as champions, Okay, why they've come this far and, and dominated so much that they, they have done. So match one on the night, Buzzsaw versus Slashers. Buzzsaw lose 56-60. to 60. Um, We talked 
a lot this season about the buzz offense needing to to kick up a gear in order to get wins. Coach Bear mentioned that on on Tuesday with with uh, this week in Slam Ball. The slashers came out gunning hard, fast, going straight at Ty Scott. Ty Scott, the defense for the buzzsaw is not in question. I've already um, eaten the crow when it comes to Ty Scott. He did a really good job in this game, as I've said all season, taking on single drives, taking on single cuts. But there comes a point where that just is a lot to handle. And guys going at you constantly with great pace and out of left, right and center is a lot to deal with at the stopper position. The slasher took advantage of that. Um, they also took advantage of the fact that one man cannot stop a two-person wing bottom tramp cut alone either. And uh, Taekwon was getting beat on that. Again, that's not on him entirely. That's an impossible play to stop to a degree. Um, maybe we'll do a breakdown of that. Maybe we can do maybe do that in the off-season. Um, and I'll talk about um, like why it's so hard to do and what it means from like a fan perspective to see it, but then hopefully get some advice from coaches as well and, and see what they think. But that's really hard offense to stop, and he was struggling with that. He needed a little bit more perimeter help, um, in, especially in that first half, that first quarter. Um, he had good numbers on night. Ty Scott had good numbers. He ended with three stops, I'm sorry, eight stops and three LBRs according to the stat sheet. Um, I'm now even more disenfranchised with the stat sheet after last night when I was just watching as a fan and then looking at the stats after and go, that doesn't really line up. Um, we talked about the offense was the biggest thing for them and that they need to get offensive consistency, the buzz, in order to get a win. They were down 33-25 to at halftime and their leading score was Jamal Barnes Jr. who had 14 points. He ended the night with only 17 points. You cannot have a second half with only three points if you're the guy who is supposed to be the leading scorer on this team. I don't know if internally that's what their decision-making is, but he always seems like the guy that's getting them the most points, either him or Ralph Bellamy, okay? And every other player on this team scored at least five points, apart from Ty Scott, obviously. The problem is it was the same for the Slashers. Every single person on the Slashers was contributing as well. The buzz offense had a couple of mistakes in the bond, uh, in on the offensive end. They like especially in the first quarter. Two guys in the stoppers box. Just being in the stoppers box at all was a problem. Uh, you're not allowed to do that. You need to be around it. Shoving guys into the tramps, which was then like, why is that a foul? Well, because if you as a defensive player make contact that forces an offensive player into the tramps, that's a foul, and that's something they were making the mistake with. But an incredible work for them to come back during the third quarter where they were down 45 to 30 uh, and make this game as close as it ended up being. They were incredibly aggressive on defense. Howard hit a four-pointer from the perimeter that, that really brought it back for them to, to make them only down by seven. Um, and, and just, they got almost anything they wanted the buzz. Their offense was its best in this game when it was run and gun. They got pretty much anything they wanted at the opposition rim just going at Nathan Karstens underneath the hoop. That's what was proving to be effective for them in the last in the last quarter. Now, what happens there? He gets uh, sat in the fourth quarter as Nathan Karstens and Amir Smith moves to the offense. Uh, sorry, moves into the stopper position, um, which changes the dynamic of you're going at. It puts a body there who maybe is less physically beaten up because they've not had to get challenged at the rim as much. The slashers, you know, we talked about the buzz need to improve on their offense. The slashers defense needs to continue to improve as it has been doing. And they had some aggressive, high up perimeter defense that totally disrupted the buzz's offense in the half court. Like I mentioned earlier, especially in the fourth quarter, fast breaks, you're not stopping the buzz. They were getting whatever they wanted there. 
But in half-court offensive sets, they had no way of getting past this perimeter defense and then Karstens or Smith, whoever was underneath the basket. And Smith being implemented as the stopper position was, was really good because for the second time this season, the Slashers game has come down to the wire. It's come down to them needing to get a block to stop things. And Jamal Barnes Jr. drives straight at Amir Smith with like 25 seconds left in the game. They're down by four. It's six, it's 56 to 60 in favour of the Slashers. And Jamal Barnes Jr. goes, I need to win us this game. I'm going straight at the hoop. I'm getting us three points. We'll worry about the rest after. And Amir Smith comes up with the cleanest and biggest block of the season. Two hands straight in the air, one hand all on ball, spills out, Terrell Howard gets it, but he gets trapped in the corner by, again, great perimeter defense from the Slashers, he can't get a comfortable shot off, they need a four to tie it, and he can't get it to go, poor late game execution, you could ask that question, I just think this was a really good defensive um, execution from the Slashers, and something you would have liked to see them continue to do in the main event, um, Credit to both these teams for getting this far. Credit to the Slashers for getting through with strong defense. The buzzsaw, I don't think it's a secret. I think they could get mad at me if they want. I think they could get mad at Coach Bear if they want, because I'm not the only one saying this. Their offense needs to improve for next season, and I think everyone as a slam ball fan is excited to see that happen, because you see the pieces. You see Jamal Barnes Jr. and Malik Abdul-Haq and Ralph Bellamy and Terrell Howard and Devontae Pratt, and you see Ty Scott underneath the basket, and you see their physicality defensively and you want them to, to improve on the offensive end in order to balance that. Slashers, we'll talk about them more in the main event, but again, credit to Tony Crosby II as a first option, but then credit to their offense for improving and developing as the season went on. Distribution from Brad Laubacher, Alonzo Scott Jr., Amir Smith getting to play offense because Nathan Karstens has improved so much as a stopper. Great play from all these guys. Good job for the Slashers on getting through. Probably the second most entertaining match all season. Why second? Well, because the other semi-final match, which was our second match of the night, Mob Lava, it ended 49-36 for the Mob, but that is not an indicator of how close this was. This was a close, this is probably the closest match the Mob had for the first, like, half all season. The Lava came out swinging. We talked about earlier this week about, it's, it's not a sure thing, but if you come out gunning in the first quarter and you get some type of lead, you're more likely to maintain that going forward, I feel. Um, if you've got a high, like, attitude and energy in the first quarter, I think that is a good setup for the rest of the game. You just need to maintain it. Now, Shockley at times was destroying Gage Smith under the basket. Bryce Moraine as just an offensive threat. Anytime he was driving to the basket, Gage had to think about it and then that meant they could set up a play from the island because he was already into his defensive set without really realising that there were cutters coming from either side. Um, smart plays, but also going right at Gage Smith just like Coach Bear mentioned on Tuesday um, that he wanted to see guys just going at Gage, going at Gage, getting really physical with him in the air and seeing what happened. And the offense from the Lava was really good at points in this game. Really good set plays, really aggressive driving. Jihad Shockley with like the longest arms in the league by the looks of things. Go-go gadgeting over like Gage Smith at points to like get from a dive cut um, after a... a like switch on a baseline uh, wing cut. Just really big length to get them in. One of them got blocked pretty impressively, but there were some that just went straight down. The offense was was great throughout. 
Um, their defense was aggressive at some points, and I think that was the bigger thing. They were not afraid to put mob players on their ass and say, we're not scared. They may have given up some violation points because of that, but at a certain point, is that not worth it to show a team that you're not afraid of them, that you're going to put them on their backside and say, come and beat us, you know? Um, and I think that was that was a really impressive outlet, for, uh, like play from them um, defensively when you're not expecting that necessarily from this team. Diving on every loose ball, because if you get a tie-up, the ball immediately goes to the defense. So they were just getting in, involved in everything, constantly going after whatever they could get. Great job from the Lava defense. Maybe this, and in addition to that, is obviously Fessel Shafat. He made a case in this game that, you know, I wasn't on team of the year. I wasn't defensive player of the year. No one has given me the credit I deserve. Uh, Sam did. Sam said DPOY for you. Um... Just terrifying the mob offense at points. Even if they got past that perimeter defense, here comes Fessy. There's points where he was just above guys taking the ball out their hands. You know, 10 stops, 8 LBRs, a good game for him even if it wasn't a loss. He's really showed that he is a big part of this game and obviously making a case for second best stopper. I think I've been saying all year he's top four minimum. And uh, for sure... This is like a, a proving ground has been this semi-final match. How did Lava get there? Well, his defense was a part of it. How did they get an opportunity to win this early on? His defense was a big part of it. Credit to Fessy. I think what let the Lava down, and if Coach Carlson, you're listening, I'm so sorry that I'm going to mention this because I know that you were screaming about it late in the game. The Lava had um, their worst game in terms of turnovers all season. Now, I think part of that comes with Gage Smith's disruption ability. And the fact that in the third quarter, he turned into a beast. He took over this game in the third and really proved a point that, like, I am the guy you need to be worried about. I am the MVP. I am the defensive player of the year. You have to get past me if you want anything in this league. And Gage was proving that in the third quarter. And I think that overall, um, stuff like that is what led to the Lava having 23 turnovers in the game. Um... What I should really do is compare that to their, their overall possessions, but in slam ball so far this season, teams have been averaging like mid-40s, like between 43 and 47 possessions per game. 23 turnovers in that space of time is not a great look for the Lava. Um, that was their worst offensive like turnover set by uh, all season of at least five. Five was their, like, you know, 18 was their next worst. Um, some of them was Gage's deterrent. Uh, I, I think a lot of them were. But it wasn't, it isn't deterrent in the same way it's deterred other teams. Other teams see Gage coming and they just bottle the shot. Or they see Gage coming and they just throw it off the wall and reset the play. What the Lava were doing was trying to continue the offensive set while being disrupted by the best stopper in this league, best player in this league. And they were getting disrupted in the bottom tramp and trying to pass the ball out to a teammate. And that's where the turnovers were coming from because... They're not comfortable. They're trying to make an extra pass. They're trying to get the ball to someone who can facilitate uh, and try and get a score rather than just reset the play and, and run something again. And I think that's where the majority of these turnovers came from. Now, the player of the game, the player of the, you know, the MVP, and he proved it in this game, was Gage Smith because you can take a punch in the mouth from a team. It's how you respond that changes things. And he was getting dunked on. He was absolutely getting yammed on at times. Uh, his team were, weren't playing as well as they wanted to, as they had done all season. It was a close game. I think it was a seven-point lead for the mob at the end of the first quarter. What do you need to, to prove 
that you're the better team. You need a monster performance from your best player. And the box score doesn't show it. I think like he ended this game with seven stops, six LBRs, and two steals. That's like a like for him, that's kind of pedestrian. That's a good stopper game. It's not a great stopper game. And it doesn't give you okay, go back and watch this game because there's points where he's pulling like insane blocks, like so aggressive, and just like you get out of here. This is my rim. Go away. And um just a wildly impressive game from Gage Smith. Um and it's it's like that that play we've talked about that translates to transition offense. We talked about the buzz getting whatever they wanted in transition. The mob are even better at that. Get out of the way, Fessel Shafat. Like he can do a lot. He can do a lot to disrupt an offense, but not when you've got multiple guys running at you full pelt, full court, not going for anything fancy, just straight at the rim. Like Craig Skismus was asking for this earlier in the season. Why aren't there more guys using the top tramp? They are. They're just doing it in a you know. Cam Horton had had runs where I was like, that's certainly a travel. And then he just flew over. And like Shafat was like, I can't get to that in time. Dak Clark had the same. Brandon Simpson, I talked about him. He was one of my picks for an all-star preseason. And even if he doesn't make that, you know, he's a big body and he's flying at you. Jordan Jones, shout out to this man who got taken off the taxi squad because Cam Hollins was actually hurt for the mob uh, last night. And Jordan Jones, he got thrown into this. I don't know when he joined the team. I would guess in the last couple of days. And he wasn't necessarily part of all the offensive sets, but he contributed. Good job for Jordan Jones. I like Jordan Jones. Whenever I see him, I'm just like, hey, it's Jordan Jones. Jordan Jones and Ryan Johnson are my two favorite taxi squad guys because they've got names that are almost like generic. They're they're like your 2K generic players and they both have like kind of unique looks for everyone else in the league. And they just appear and you're just like, oh, it's Jordan Jones. There's no name on the back of that guy's jersey, but that's Jordan Jones. Let's see what he can do. Um, so shout out to Jordan Jones. Biggest shout out, obviously, I, I need to... I need to reiterate Gage Smith is the best player in slam ball, right? Because Marshawn Lynch back on the call for this. Um, Des Bryant, also an NFL player, was put on the call at one point. Uh, the two of them were having so much fun. And it's it's bad from like a legitimacy of the sport perspective to a degree, but it's so good in terms of people having fun with slam ball. And if they want to be the entertainment entertainmentification of sport... Things like this really go a long way to that, right? In terms of this is sports, but you're going to be entertained more than you're going to get analytical about it. I'm going to get analytical about it. You're watching this. You want to get analytical about it. The crowd in the arenas don't need to. The coaches need to. The players need to. The nerds need to. Not everyone needs to take this sport at an analytical framework. You can just go, wow, big dunk, wow, big hit. And we had a lot of that last night. And part of that comes from characters like Marshawn Lynch lending themselves this to this game. Now, how much did he get bleeped? Probably not enough. How much was he referencing things that were going over John Schriffen's head that he was like, what's that? Never mind, let's not deal with that. He got, he mentioned Zaza, not Pachulia, and I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert on this, but like he mentioned Zaza in the game, that's crazy. And Des Bryant was like, you said what? And that means, you know. But, strip away all the fun. Marshawn Lynch is an NFL legend, right? He is a known legend in the game of football. And Going into the fourth, I think it was going into the fourth, I cannot believe this happened on a national broadcast, right? This isn't a negative. The tone I'm taking sounds negative. The tone I want is it's impactful. Marshawn Lynch, NFL legend, great. Guy who gets looked up to. Guy who's a hero to, to hundreds of thousands of people. He goes up to Gage Smith, right? The MVP of this league. I, I, I talked about... Should Gage get MVP and DPOY or should we split it up so that more faces get seen? And Craig Skistemis on, on this week in Slam Ball said, 
No, he's the best player. You tout him as the best player. You build him up. He is your MVP. That's the guy, and that's what you measure by, right? That's what he was talking about. Marshawn Lynch went up to Gage Smith and said, it's an honour to fucking meet you. That's a massive endorsement. I got chills saying that right now. That, imagine being the guy that said about and then continuing to have the game of your life and then winning a championship after this amazing game you've had. That's like, and if anyone's like, you shouldn't be saying that, he's on commentary. Shut up. Like, Marshawn Lynch has just given the biggest ringing endorsement he can. And if this isn't like, put every, like, do a fake movie poster of Gage Smith MVP, quote, five star Marshawn Lynch, it's an honour to fucking meet you. That's such an endorsement of this guy, of this sport, that guys like Marshall Lynch, Des Bryant as well on commentary, like, all these guys are going, this is, this is legit, these guys are hard as hell, these are athletes, and the main guy, it's an honour to fucking meet him, because he's a beast. Now, am I saying that a lot because it's a fun quote to say yes? Am I saying it a lot because it's a massive impact on this game? Yes. Am I saying it because I think a lot of people at home will love hearing a Scottish guy say the F word? 100%. That's probably the best game all season. And I think when I get home tonight uh, after work, even while I'm at work, screw it, I'm rewatching this game again because that was incredible, man. That was incredible. The main event, I barely took notes for this. And that's just me being honest. Um, the mob, they were up 27-6 to six after quarter one. The Slashers offense was still getting them scores here and there. That double wing tramp, double wing cut bottom tramp, alley-oop, high alley. It was getting points over Gage to a certain degree, but the mob started with nine unanswered points, the first of which being a massive yam from Cam Horton straight on to Nathan Karstens. That sets the tone of, we're not afraid of your, your six foot six big man stopper, we're going right at him, we're killing him, we're going straight through him, we don't care about his size, we're going to have a go at him. Amir Smith ends up getting moved to stopper really early in this game, which I don't think is ideal. That limits your offensive output, so now instead of having you know, three guys that are all, sorry, four guys that are all potential offensive threats coming off cuts and you can rest one of them and you can bring them in and out. It's now just Crosby, Laubacher and Scott and Crosby can maybe even get double teamed at that point. It's 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 a lot. Their defense definitely calmed down in the second quarter, but 21 point, like, lot, like being down 21 points after the first quarter, too little too late to start to get into the game. Um, the mob, I think, learned from the previous game where the lava came out and swung first, and the mob were like, we're swinging first, second, and third. We're going hard, we're going fast, we're getting you defensively, we're going at you offensively. We are not letting it be doubted. This is our championship, right? They they took a punch in the mouth, and they came out swinging in their next fight, and it proved them right. Um, credit to Slashers getting this far. Um, their offense, like I say, is, is one of the hardest to guard in the league. They just need to get their consistency down with it. Um, and Gage Smith did a good job of disrupting it at points. The biggest takeaway I want, the, the biggest takeaway of the night, genuinely, if, you, if you're if you a fan of this league, if you want to succeed, you should be shouting from the rooftops that Marshawn Lynch quote about Gage Smith. That is the biggest thing that happened last night. The mob won the championship. Some people have been calling that since week one. The, the, the buzz, the slashers... And the lava all showed why they got this far and played amazing games. The mob proved that there was nothing in doubt. That Marshawn Lynch quote is the biggest thing that happened last night. End of. Right, that's just end of. That's the case. Um, Gage Smith said post-game, uh, it isn't one player, it's the whole team. And, and that's true, but you're the guy now. 
Um, part of that is, you know, he's special. He is he is now the benchmark for greatness within the sport of slam ball. That is what Gage Smith is going forward with this new era. Will he continue it next season? Will he continue it during any tournaments that we have between now and then? I feel comfortable just putting that out there. The league is hoping to have one or two tournaments. Don't know if they're going to be televised. Don't know what the details of them are. Don't know if it's truncated teams. Don't know any of it. But PR has told me that. They've not got anything they can announce yet or else they would announce it last night like they announced the fact that Summer Series 7 is coming back to ESPN next year. Um, but I'm not just saying that. And the PR can get mad at me if they want. But one of your members of the board is also telling fan accounts that. So... I'm not the only person saying that now. It's out there to the general public's use, apparently. So hopefully one or two tournaments between now and then, which is great. I just wish that it had been ironed out before like before the end of the season so that you could announce those. You could say, come back to, you know, we'll be on ESPN Plus later this year. We're going to be in Florida. We're doing a tournament. It'll be one week. There's only three teams involved, whatever it might be. Um, it does. It is, it, is, it is a team thing. The mob are team first. Gage Smith, you're the man of this league. Last night proved it. The mob had a great series. An undefeated season is a good thing. I, I think going forward, we talked about this in ad, ad nauseum over the last couple of weeks. Every single team that played Slam Ball this year, every player, I credit you with putting your bodies on the line, learning a new sport, taking criticism from myself, being on ESPN and going out and doing the thing. And I cannot wait to see almost all of you next year. As my alarm goes off because I'm late for work. Somebody punch the mob in the mouth next year. I'm not meaning physically. Tony Crosby II tried it in last night's main event. He went low and under Dak Clark. And that was almost, that was scary. Um, if you haven't seen that clip, that was a crazy, that was a crazy hit. That was dangerous. That was crazy, but cool. Like, I, I'm not endorsing it, but it was cool, all right? Don't do it again, but we've had it once. It's cool. Don't literally punch them in the face. I need a team to hit them as hard as the lava hit them in that semi. Every single night. And you need to maintain that momentum. You need to be comfortable. They are they are beatable. Um, not this year. This year, the mob are your 2023 Summer Season 6 Slam Ball Champions. Their first championship in a full season. Their fourth title overall. Um, the mob are the winningest franchise in the league. Get your jerseys. If they release player ones, sell Gage Smith jerseys out. He is the guy, um, and I think we'll have some fun talking about hypotheticals involving him uh, as the off-season goes on, but look, I just want to say thank you again for everyone who's listened to one of these episodes and endorsed me as a guy who knows what I'm talking about and who cares about this thing. Thank you for enjoying Slam Ball. Like, I'm not here if Slam Ball's not here. Slam Ball's not here if there aren't a viewership and if there isn't people who want it to be around. Continue to support the team. Continue to support the players on social media. A lot of them love to get engaged. I'm hopefully going to get some more interviews as the off-season goes on. We've got a year now to wait until it comes back in earnest. Hopefully these tournaments are things that I can get, like, hopefully they'll be broadcast and we can watch them and it won't just be, like, a in a particular location thing. Slam Ball is awesome and it's been awesome covering it and that's, like, the end of sentence. Slam ball is awesome. This sport can go to amazing heights. Last night was the best action we've had all season. Two amazing semi-finals and a final that showed the dominance of the mob while also like, you know, it was a 72 to 44 win for them. I don't think I mentioned that. It was a big win for them. But they also had some incredible dunks throughout the game. Tory Crosby II showed out as a star. I love talking about this sport. 
Please continue to support Bounce Off as you continue to support the league. Please keep talking to me about it on social media. If you have any questions, hit me up. If you just want to talk hypotheticals, hit me up. Thank you for being a part of this journey. Thank you for watching Slamble. Thank you for watching Bounce Off. Have a beautiful rest of your day. We should have more content coming next week, including some big interviews, but we'll see where that goes. Um, this has been a blessing. And I don't usually say things like that, but I don't know how to end this out. It's been a great first season. I'll see you next year at minimum, but I should see you before then. Bounce off out. Is that how we do it? 